Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll pick up where we left off in chapter 8 of the book of Mark. We just left off where Jesus fed 4,000 people by multiplying thousands of meals from a few fish and loaves. Jesus and the disciples immediately left that place by boat. And when they went ashore again, Jesus encountered more of the hypocritical Pharisees of the day. They intended to test and to discredit him, of course. Ironically, after all the healings and casting out of demons that Mark already recorded, the Pharisees were seeking a sign of his divine authority. Interesting how you can present all the evidence in the world to a hard-hearted and sinful mindset, and the bondage to sin won't allow anything to change that mind. This phenomenon has never changed. And as Jesus warns in this passage, we must still be on the alert to those who wear all the trappings of religion and may even speak the language, but reject Jesus as their Lord and their God by holding fast to sin and disobeying God. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Spiritual Poison. It's over in Matthew chapter 16, his version of this same incident, Mark, uh, Matthew 16, 11 and 12. Jesus says to them, How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And there's a a little subtle point here. Would you notice that Jesus said, the leaven, singular, of the Pharisees and Sadducees, as if there's one corrupting influence of both Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, how can that be? The Pharisees and Sadducees are polar opposites on nearly everything. Well, the point is, they both corrupt equally badly. You can add to the Word of God or you can take away from the Word of God. Either way, you corrupt the Word of God. One poison coming in two different flavors, if you will. Now, what's the leaven of the Sadducees? I would suggest to you it is skepticism and theological liberalism. Maybe throw in married to pragmatism, you know, just maintaining their own position. The Pharisees were the religious extreme conservatives of Jesus' day. The Sadducees were the religious liberals. They were rationalists before rationalism was invented. The Sadducees rejected all but the first five books of the Old Testament, and what they did believe about the, the Torah, they turned into a bunch of mystical silliness. They mingled worldly philosophies and anti-supernaturalism with the Scriptures, which is not a very easy thing to do. And the result is they became aristocratic, religious, stuffed shirts. That's all they were. How do we know that? Well, over in the book of Acts, 
Luke is writing, explaining to some people uh, about the distinctions between those groups within Judaism, and he writes this in Acts 23.8. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection. Wow, that's really biblical, isn't it? And, or, nor an angel. No such thing as spirit beings. No such thing as life after death. Nor a spirit. But the Pharisees acknowledge them all. My friends, the leaven of Sadducees is all over the place now. These days, and I, I don't know, I don't remember if there was exactly a question on the Ligonier study or not, but I know this to be true. These days, most, as in the vast majority, most professing Christians deny that creation took place in six days. Most evangelicals, most professing Christians reject, reject, disbelieve and contradict and preach such the first three chapters of Revelation. Actually, the first four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We have Christian commentaries these days that are soft-pedaling the bodily resurrection. Well, it wasn't necessarily a physical resurrection. We have famous people today writing books that are on the bestseller list denying eternal punishment in the lake of fire. There are missions organizations around the world now that are supposedly preaching the gospel, but then they're telling people it's, it's okay for you to remain in a false religious system even after you put your faith in Christ if it might minimize persecution. Is that what Jesus said? Did He tell His guys, well, go and, and, you know, and, and if they start to persecute you, agree with them? No, He didn't say that. We have people today with huge spheres of influence who are openly declaring themselves evangelicals and undermining the Scriptures. There's a, a, a bright, shining light of example too big to ignore you may have heard the name Andy Stanley. He's the son of Charles Stanley. Andy Stanley pastors a mega church in Atlanta, Georgia. He has a, a worldwide organization allegedly um, promoting the, the gospel of Christ. He is a graduate of one of the best known conservative evangelical seminaries. And what is Mr. Stanley becoming famous for? denying essential doctrines of the Bible, not just, you know, not getting around to them, stating them and denying them and preaching the very heresies of Protestant liberalism that the seminary that he graduated from was once known for debunking. And as a matter of fact, they still do a pretty good job of it. He's the one who has famously invented the term unhitch to tell you that you need to unhitch your faith from the Old Testament. In other words, to be a Christian has nothing to do with the first 77% of the Bible. He's the one who is telling us that the virgin birth ought not to be a focal point of our celebration of the gospel at Christmas. His latest nonsense, I just heard this one this week, that's why his name was fresh on my mind. He says that the Ten Commandments have, are you ready for this, no application to Christians. He's one of the 
best-known, quote-unquote, evangelicals in the world. My friends, that taste in your mouth is the leaven of the Sadducees. You can see why Paul picked up the terminology that Jesus introduced in our passage and in his parable of the leaven and the Old Testament examples of leaven. And Paul restated the principle, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And he applies it across the board to all corrupting influences of all kinds. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in the middle of verse 6. He writes, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You get the metaphor. I've been privileged to... uh, be a part of or help or give guidance to uh, planting several churches. If I ever get the chance again, I'm going to really lobby to name the church New Lump. (laughs) Everybody would remember it. Nobody would understand it unless they were pretty schooled in 1 Corinthians. And you'd have a chance to explain what you're committed to. Don't you think that would be a great New Lump Bible church or just New Lump Church. We could, we could name the kids the little lumps or the little lumpies or... I don't think it's going to work, but you're going to remember it, right? What's the solution to this problem? Never let your guard down. Never compromise. Or as Jesus said, watch out. Beware of the leaven. It's so easy to take in just a little bit of corruption. But what are you trusting in? If it has anything to do with your outward appearance, you're not trusting in the right thing. The outward appearance is going to follow what's in the heart. You need to deal with the heart. If it has anything to do with your position in the world or your political influence, you're trusting in the wrong thing. If it's anything other than trusting in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for your sin, you're duped. You're poisoned. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Heavenly Father, keep us from poison, we pray. Help us to be vigilant about what we say, about what we listen to, about how we go about proclaiming you and and Your Word, and use us for Your glory. Make us clear spokespeople of the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so easy, Father, for our pride to bubble up to the surface and to act so proud of what we have when it's all because of what You've given to us. It's so easy for us to want to be like the Sadducees and have the appearance on the outside, but a vacuum on the inside of truth. It's so easy for us to want to have influence in the world when your kingdom is not of this world. So have your way in each of our hearts today. Whatever needs to be done, do it, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.